Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to welcome everybody to the show. Hope you had a great weekend. I know we spoke to some people yesterday on a special Sunday episode of the Peter Report podcast, but we are in episode two to start off this week as we will talk about the press conference had by Shaq Barrett, obviously talking about the passing of his daughter, uh, Araya, that happened uh, three months ago. We'll also break down the rest of training camp practice as well, plus a little roll call at 420 today. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds, and Scott, this quarterback competition, man, a long way to go, but the pendulum is swinging a little bit in one direction. Yeah, it really is. And it's a credit to the fact that that Kyle Trask has really put together two very good days of practice. And yesterday, and we talked about it on the show, and and we we had some, some conversations with some people in the building, some of our sources, that agreed with us that this was indeed Kyle Trask's best practice start to finish on Sunday. He was decisive. He was uh, in command of the offense, um, quick, rhythmic with his passing. And uh, and that, that kind of continued today. Now, he was with the starters yesterday. Now he was with the backups today. But the encouraging thing, if you're a Kyle Trask supporter, is there really wasn't much drop-off in play. He made uh, some pretty good throws, not as many touchdowns. I think he had four or five yesterday. Not as many touchdowns today, but certainly stayed away from trouble. And we saw Baker Mayfield have two interceptions. One was his fault. Uh, that was it. It was a, a perfectly timed jumped route in the end zone. Yeah, on a pass intended for K. Dot, and it was picked off by Antoine Winfield Jr. And it, really, Trask should have had two other interceptions. There was one dropped on a very similar play by Nolan Turner, who jumped a route. And yeah. almost came away with the pick. And then Ryan Miller at the very end of practice slipped down the rookie receiver on a route. The ball was already in the air. So uh, it technically Ryan Miller probably would have been more at fault than the Baker Mayfield. But yeah. the pass hit Ryan Neal right in the numbers, right between the two and the three. And he dropped it. And, and then there was also a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage that was intercepted by Yaya Diaby, a That's diving Yaya Diaby. So that was uh, pretty eventful for the Bucks defense, uh, really getting their hands on a lot of passes the last couple of days. Is it Baker Mayfield's fault on the tip pass because he's not taller? Is that is is that Does that go down as an interception on Baker Mayfield because of his height? That's his parents' fault. That's, yeah, just, that, that's just DNA. So That's his parents' fault. Yeah, yeah. so if you look at the overall – uh, turnover competition at the moment. You have four turnovers for Baker Mayfield, the most today, obviously, with the two, but one of yeah. them being kind of a freak one with the with the tipped pass. So more uh, more three purposeful interceptions right. yeah. uh, for Baker Mayfield. Kyle Trask only has one so far, and yep. same with uh, John Wolford, who threw the pick six to Zion McCollum. Both fell victim to Servasier Dennis, who we have spoken a lot about uh, over the past couple of shows because you know, if you got an interception in training camp, we're going to bring your name up right. a lot. But Kyle Trask, to go back to him, I would say if I was going to use one word to describe 
the way that Kyle Trask carried himself today and performed, yeah. I would say assertive. Because yeah. especially in the two-minute drill, he was clapping. He was clapping it up, getting people yeah. moving. And that's the Kyle Trask that I I've personally have wanted to see a little bit more. Getting people going. Getting them up to the line of scrimmage. Go, go, go. Let's move it. He was louder yeah. today. He's getting rid of the ball in, in all different phases, just going quick, making smart decisions. And I don't think it's really a surprise that he is winning the quote-unquote turnover battle at the moment. Kyle Trask is doing exactly what he needs to do. Because as we yeah. said, we plan or our best guess was that Baker Mayfield is going to win this job. But how could Baker yeah. Mayfield lose this job? And how could Kyle Trask win it, I should probably say better? Kyle Trask doesn't turn the ball over. That's what yeah. we talked about with Dave Canales. Don't turn the ball over and let Baker self-implode. And Baker yeah. by no means is is self-imploding yeah. just yet. But you look at the turnovers the last two days, Kyle's been pretty damn good, where Baker, not so much. And both have worked with the one, so there's not really an excuse either way. Yeah, you're right. And 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 the thing, too, is this, is Baker Mayfield just wasn't that sharp today. right? Just, it just was not a, a great day for him. Uh, there were some drops. Russell Gage had a pass, drop him right in, in his hands. He's still working his way back. Uh, finally seeing some 11 on 11 work today after only practicing yeah. with the individuals yesterday. So a little bit of rust to, to shake off there. And uh, yeah, that's right. We have roll call here. It's a happy roll call Monday. So we're going to at 420, we'll do roll call. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Trask is, is doing what he has to do, which is, execute the offense and stay away from turnovers. And we'll see if this continues, but to his credit, this is a young quarterback that, that just hasn't had a lot of reps outside of last year. When, when, when Tom Brady was gone, right. For those 10 days, that's where we saw Kyle Trask really kind of take some reps as the number two Blaine Gabbert was the number one. And I remember there was a practice out there in Tennessee where Josh Capo and I were watching and, Kyle Trask was was feeling it, and but it, he didn't put together an entire practice. Yesterday he did, and I think it continued and carried over into today. And so we'll see if he can continue to stack these these practices. Uh, a long way to go. The quarterback battle is is not being determined. I thought Baker Mayfield was better last week, and I think right now. Uh, and I talked with Dave Canales briefly off the field, and he said, "Yeah, he said, uh, you know it." It was, it was, you know, Kyle won yesterday, and it was neck and neck today, and then Baker threw the interception to Antoine Winfield, and K Kyle won another one. So that's two nothing right now for Kyle Trask if you're counting and uh, and and you know keeping score at all. Yeah, I would even say Baker. If you want to go even further back, Baker won the OTAs and minicamp, and probably yes. those first couple days of practice. And then Kyle Trask clearly has won the last two days. Now, I don't know how much stock when the Bucks and Todd Bowles are deciding who's going to be the starting quarterback week yeah. one against Minnesota. I don't think Todd Bowles is going to go, well, Baker looked pretty good in OTAs. Therefore, I think he should be the starter. Yeah. But nonetheless, we can only go by what we see at practice every single day. So uh, obviously everyone wants to know about the quarterback competition yeah. and understandably so. I wouldn't even say just as a group out of the three quarterbacks, uh, John Wolford threw another touchdown pass to Mike Evans, yeah. sticking to the script of throw yeah. it to great players. <laughs> right. uh, but overall, it wasn't bad by any means. Like even Baker with the interceptions, if it was only one interception that was his fault on the day, I don't. Yeah. Baker didn't do anything that that special, but neither yeah. did Kyle Trask. I would say the the play today was borderline just average okay by yeah. all the quarterbacks right across the board just one yeah. was a little and, worse than and you know to pick up on a point that you made yesterday the one thing that baker has done in practice uh, so far this this year in training camp is he's made the dynamic throws yes. he has made some amazing plays we remember that the rakeem jarrett one-on-one you know go up and get a ball on third and seven he had the uh the pass on sunday where Chris Godwin, who had a fantastic practice on Sunday, went up and, and perfectly timed the ball and tracked it, uh, the deep ball from Baker Mayfield, over Keenan Isaac for a huge play. And then Baker did it again today. Uh, the Buccaneers had a situation where there, there were two situations, two last-minute uh, situations, one with 22 seconds left, the Bucs trailing by six points, needing a touchdown to win with no timeouts, yeah. just outside the red zone. And um, 
uh, th that was that was the situation where Baker threw the interception. Now, when Kyle Trask came in, Trask uh, had two plays. He had a, a great pass to David Wells, who continues to impress as tight end two. Yes. Caught the ball down at the one yard line, and then with four seconds left, right clock is is ticking. Didn't get up and spike the ball. What they did was was they went right to the line. Kyle again, as you mentioned, assertive, decisive, threw a quick little pass to Trey Palmer over Don Gardner in coverage. Touchdown Buccaneers, and so that was a, a good one for for Trask. Then on the next series, which was 19 seconds left. Starting at about the 35-yard line of, of the offense, Bucks needed to get in field goal position, trailing 16 to 14 for that game-winning kick. They didn't do the kicks today, but they just wanted to make sure you got in position. So Baker Mayfield, uh, I, I talked about the near interception that he threw to Ryan Neal. Well, on yeah. the next play, he threw a beautiful, beautiful deep out to Cade Warner, who had a couple of fantastic catches today. I wrote his name down. He's he's really come on the last yeah. two practices in particular. And I like that he is going old school with the bare hands. Like last year, yes. Cade started that way, this <laughs> right. starting tight end. He began that way. That's how he was in college as well. Cade Otten, I'm talking about. Yeah. Then he put on the gloves. Cade Warner, Scott, you would know better than me. I think he yep. wore gloves at, at Kansas State. Did he not? I don't think so. I think he. Oh, he did. He's I, been. I, yeah, he's been doing the bare hands thing. Time. You know, catching passes from Dad, Kurt Warner, all yeah. these years. He's he's got good hands, but in this instance, he made a diving catch where he literally was coming right towards us and just came across the field. At first, you're looking at this pass and you're thinking, "Wow, you know, Baker overthrew the the underneath guy," but then you didn't realize it was like a a deep out where all of a sudden Cade Warner comes from the hash and is literally sprinting and then leaps yeah. out, catches the ball, gets two feet down, and dives out of bounds. I can't and believe it, that he stayed in bounds, not to cut you off. I know. I could not believe <laughs> it. At first, I thought the ref was going to call him down, but I think yeah. the way that he landed, it was one of those like one knee equals two yeah. feet type of situation. So Cade Warner has been great yeah. the last two days, making like unreal catches it, yeah. like the type of catches where i don't know why this is the first thing that came to mind but gronk i think last year like went back to his alma mater the university of arizona and they like were trying to break some record where they dropped the football out of a helicopter a billion yeah. feet up in the air and he had right. to catch it it's like on the <laughs> yeah. second try that's what i feel like with gate Warner because he's going across the field diving sprawling out and making uh and making the play so good for him because rakeem jarrett i think Early on, has kind of stole yep. the show in terms of the undrafted free yeah, agent wide receivers, for sure. and there's a lot of them. But Cade Warner has come on strong the last two days, so yeah. he definitely deserves some credit for what he's been doing. We it was a, a fan, it was a fantastic catch, and and, and uh, you mentioned Raheem Jarrett. He ended practice because that was a, a Baker Mayfield throw to get the team into field goal range, which yeah. Warner's catch did. Then, on the very next series, uh, it was an 18 yard catch and run across the middle on a bullet pass from Kyle Trask, hitting Rakeem Jarrett in stride. He got some yak and then smartly slid down, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he, he ran it, and then right when the defender was getting near him, he slid down, gave himself up, and allowed Kyle Trask and the offense to come up and spike the ball and get in field goal range. So very nice one-two punch and, from these rookie receivers. And Cade Warner did say back in OTAs and, and rookie minicamp that he is the smartest wide receiver yeah. in the draft. So yeah. he's living up to it with that yeah. move. Uh, I just wanted to address real quick. We got a super chat from Philip Stegman. Uh, appreciate it, Philip. He asked, yes. my message didn't go through. It did here. Yep. Uh, but did you guys hear anything about Kalijah Kansi? So Kalijah Kansi was asked about today. He obviously had the calf strain. Todd yeah. Bowles updated us. He did not get the MRI yet. He was supposed to get it yesterday. Right. He's getting the MRI today. So uh, no news yet until that MRI comes about. Right. So we could hear something by the end of tonight or, uh, you know, we will find out tomorrow as well. Yep. So appreciate the the super chat, Philip, but no update as of yet for Kalijah Kansi until he gets his MRI today. Right. Exactly. So uh, the only other thing, Carlton Davis missed practice today. I think it was a veteran day off for him. Ryan Jensen is doing this on off on off type of schedule yeah. where he didn't practice today the bucks are being very cautious about his return and uh you know like i was talking with a couple of the pewter reporters today you know center is such a position where uh, the primary job is just to to you know snap it to the quarterback right and and get get the play started yeah. and and matt we see 
even in days where Ryan Jensen isn't dressed and ready to go, he's still getting in snaps with the quarterbacks. He is. And so he, he he's logging scores and scores and scores of snaps with Kyle Trask, with Baker Mayfield, and then even some with, um, with John Wolford, the third-string quarterback. So he's got that part down. The other thing is, is with Jensen is he can – he can take these mental reps. He's played enough football. Um, and and it's it's not like you're a guard where you have, you know, you you have a tackle to one side that you might be double teaming with, or you might be double teaming with the center. Uh you're the pivot guy in the middle. And it, honestly, I, I think this offense puts a little bit more of the emphasis on the tackles than it does on the center. Yeah. And so I, I don't mind. That Ryan Jensen's not getting these 11 on 11 reps. They're going to happen at some point. Just be safe with the guy. You need him on Sundays, not so much during the first two weeks of camp. Yeah, I, I think it's one thing when, say, Zion McCollum got injured last year and he's a rookie just coming into the NFL. Yeah. I think it's another with someone like Russell Gage who's coming to a new team and a new right. offense. But Ryan Jensen has been here for a while. I understand some concern in terms of you have two new guys right next to you. I think that is something to at least think about or, or look into. But when yeah. you're a veteran of the game, you've been there for a while. Football is a very, very difficult game. But sometimes if you just simplify things, right. they work out a little bit better. And just keeping Ryan Jensen healthy is, I think, more important than, let's just say, 20% extra yeah. reps working with Matt Filer and, and Cody Malk. I, I think you got to look long-term. Yeah. I know it's tough. Pa- a lot of people are impatient in football, myself included. You just want to see Ryan Jensen out there. You right. want to see him cracking skulls, especially with Cody Malk. Yep. You got the red hair group going, throwing co-keeped as well. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yep. It'll be glorious. And we'll all be like, man, we've been waiting for this moment. And it, we are so happy that it's occurred. So just wait, right. just wait a little bit longer. But it's coming. Yeah. Uh, the day came where Josh Hayes, another Kansas State uh, product, uh, Cade Warner's uh, former teammate, uh, still current teammate, now with the Buccaneers, made some some big-time plays too. We've seen the, the, the nickel position go from being kind of exclusively D Delaney's to now we're seeing some Josh Hayes over the last two days worth of practice getting some reps with the ones. And we saw the previous week Chris Izzian – uh, the ro- yeah. other rookie from Rutgers getting some reps in there as well. But Josh Hayes had two really nice pass breakups today and really kind of asserted himself. I, I just, I kind of felt like he, he's been quiet this off season. What's that? It was, it was a big, big day, day for, for Kansas, Kansas State. State. <laughs> I was happy to see it, of course, but Josh Hayes, just a physical player. And, you know, I had a conversation with him and he just kept saying, wait till the pads come on. Cause that's, that's just the kind of player he is. And, you know, he, he had a, a really good showing today and, and, and maybe that continues for the Buccaneers. To his credit, D. Delaney also had a, a really good uh, pass breakup. Uh, I, I can't remember the receiver that he that he stepped in front of, but I yeah. believe it was a Baker Mayfield pass. He swatted down in, in the end zone. That would have been a near touchdown. Yes. It was a great read by Baker, and it just D. Delaney just got there quicker and just swatted it down. So Yeah, it was a good read right over the middle. Yeah. Uh, solid throw and just excellent timing by D. Delaney. I think it was so, to Mike Evans, I believe. Yeah, I think it was, he was going for Mike. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was going for Mike. D. Delaney hopped in there. So good battle for you know the slot corner between D. Delaney. Josh Hayes, as you said, we, we didn't even really mention it until right now that yeah. it was full pants today at it was, practice, yeah. which was a big difference. And because of that, we saw a lot more – uh, one-on-one battles, a lot of wide receivers against cornerbacks and great wide receivers against great cornerbacks, um, and some battles in the trenches as well between the offensive line and defensive line. Now, we only get a certain amount of time to film when practice is going on. So we did yeah. actually – we didn't get any of the, the trenches, unfortunately, because that happened right. after the uh, the allowable viewing period. But we did get some of the one-on-one matchups. So we have one of Josh Hayes' um, pass breakups – during the one-on-ones. We also have Trey Palmer yeah. and uh, Mike Evans against Jamel Dean. So Here let's go. go to the tape.
just a little taste, a little tidbit yeah. of what we saw from the one-on-one matchups. I know some Bucks fans might be concerned about the way that Mike Evans and and Jamel Dean kind of ended up. They yeah. were both fine. They they kind of like they kind of tangled legs a, a yeah. little bit, and that's why Jamel Dean completely fell. That happens to Mike all the time. Yeah, it's like, you, you like saw he'll, Mike he'll limping pull a up. Bit. Yeah. yeah, like every practice that happens. So it's it's nothing with Mike, um, folks. It is that time. It is it is four twenty. And we're going to do this little thing that y'all come to love. And we love it, too. We love you, Peter People. It's called. I can't do it as well as Rondé Barber did last week, but it's Roll Call. Where you at, Peter People? We love our fans, the Peter People, all of you guys that consume PeterReport.com. We've been very lucky to see some of you guys at a training camp. Love interacting with you guys in person. But we'll do it digitally as well on this podcast. So Scott's going to start talking about a Bucks topic that he feels like discussing. And in the meantime, please put in the comments where you are watching from, just like uh, Greg DeCruz just did saying, hola from Costa Rica. Let us know yeah. where you're watching from. We'll put it up on the screen. And uh, Scott, take it away. So I, I didn't have uh, the the honor and privilege of, of attending the Shaq Bear press conference. I did a couple of interviews of players off the field, including Tristan Wirfs for tomorrow's Tristan Wirfs training camp diary. Unfortunately, there's not going to be a Kalasha Kansi training camp diary entry for a while until he gets back healthy. But um, I did have a chance to watch Shaq's press conference uh, um, on video replay inside the media room. And um, I, it just about crushed me um, as it did everyone in the media. Uh, I wasn't there, but I was crying in the media room and I'm sure a lot of other uh, media counterparts uh, were live watching that. And I'll just say this. um, We're going to be playing some clips from, from, from Shaq who addressed not just um, his return from the Achilles injury, but the, the sad, tragic, heartbreaking passing of his two-year-old daughter, Araya from a drowning accident at his pool. And, um, I thought one of the most amazing things that has come out of this, it was really twofold. Number one, Shaq was talking about how it was actually such a blessing that he got hurt last year to be able to spend more time with his daughter, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like you you always look for silver linings and, and tragic events and, and for him to just get to spend that extra time yeah. that he would have been at the facility and said he was home recovering from his Achilles injury, Achilles injury, you know, God works in mysterious ways and, and it, we don't always understand it, but I'm so glad that, that he got to have that time. The other thing is, is, um, you know, he and his wife, Jordana, they're going to be setting up a foundation that's going to be paying for children, uh, for, for swim lessons, for, for infants, for toddlers to avoid this tragedy that happens um, far too soon or far too uh, soon for, for, you know, young kids to pass far too often, especially in Florida, man, there's, everyone's got pools down yeah, here. I grew up in Kansas, here. you know, and yet a public pool just with winter and all that, not many people had pools where I grew up, but down here in Florida, they're commonplace, right? You have to, to face the heat. Um, I, my my daughter Ellie actually went to preschool with Tony Dungy's daughter Jade, back when they they were like two and three years old, same age, and and so it was funny because you know I obviously knew Tony. I was covering the Buccaneers at the time, and we would go to he would come to Ellie's birthday parties with Jade, and we'd go to Tony's uh, house uh, for birthday parties and swim parties and all that stuff. So it was kind of interesting. Well, Tony lived in an oval. I think he still does. And they've got like this, this like long backyard area, uh, probably about 40 yards from his, his house to the pool, uh, maybe 30 yards. It's, it's a, it's a long lanai all covered in and everything and big brick patio and all of that. And, uh, and, and I, I, one of the first people there, uh, just had my, my son, Logan, who was probably a couple months old at the time, my daughter Ellie was three at, at the time, three and a half maybe, and she just about drowned in Tony Dungy's pool. And and I watched the whole thing happen, and it can happen like that. It happens so fast. Uh, Jade was had her little floaties on, you know, little arm floaties, and was trying to coax Ellie into the pool. 
And, uh, you know, and I, and I said, Ellie, wait for mom. And, and Ellie's mom was getting dressed and changing into her suit. I, I had like shorts on. I wasn't going swimming that day. Keys in my pocket, wallet in my pocket, phone in my pocket. And all of a sudden, Ellie starts walking down the steps and then boop, she goes under. And there was a, a woman who was pregnant, about nine months pregnant, tried to reach over and, and grab her. You know, and, and Ellie's only probably in three foot water because it's close to the edge. But she was three years old at the time you know, and very young. And I race over there, literally jump in the water, you know, got my son right here. I'm yeah. halfway in the water, grab her. And she was probably underwater, maybe 10, 12 seconds tops. But, you know, lungs full of water. I'm, you know, smacking her and getting the water out and all that and coughing. And, and, and Tony Dunn used to, he's the, the coolest customer in the world. Like, like he's always Tony. And he came up just like, Cool as a cucumber. Scott, is everything okay? Is Ellie okay? You know, and so they're like, oh my God, is she okay? You know, yeah. just like, like even Keel Tony, you know, is Ellie okay? Almost drowned in my pool, you know, but that's how quickly things like, like that could happen. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that, that the Barretts are, are doing swimming lessons uh, and helping others pay for swimming lessons for their kids. So this kind of tragedy can be avoided. And, you know, th th they're going to save lives by doing yeah. this, by, by paying for swim lessons for kids. They're going to save lives, countless lives that they're never going to know about because these kids are going to learn how to swim, you know. And as, as a parent who like went through that uh, scare, and it is a scare, it can happen like that. And so um, just some really heartbreaking stuff, but let, let's get to some of, of the, the video, Matt. It's, it's yeah, really and, moving stuff from Shaq. Yeah, today. and very well said, Scott. And the courage of Shaq to even just be up there and, and speak and, and get his message across while also grieving and, and coping at the same time. I really I don't know how he did it. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to the first video. Just the simple question of like how he and his family are doing. This this is a daily battle, tough battle. The day I felt the heavier the day than I did the last couple of days. It's, uh just comes in ways. We just talk to each other, talk through with each other, and just lean on each other, get ourselves through, and lean on, uh, lean on the Lord as well. But uh, it, it don't get any easier. It's just me being busy, keep my mind off of it for a little bit, but it's, it's, it's just tough. It's just always going to be tough. Uh, this morning, like it was hit me hard this morning, and then had to get ready for practice, help me get my mind off it a little bit, but then just had to like just focus on something else because I got a lot of time in the uh, day when I'm just in my head thinking about stuff and thinking about her. So having to actually think about what I'm doing, like right in the moment, helps me out a lot and uh, helps the family out a lot when we doing stuff trying to stay busy. As hard as it is, I hate being sad and feeling down and sad all the time, even though like. I love feeling them feelings for her because she was a big part of our family. But uh, I love like just getting out of it, just having to, having to come to prayers, having to get my mind up. It's good for me, and uh, I just it just like because I I'm home enough during the days. Like I got enough downtime where I think about it enough all the time. So having something to do to take my mind off of it, it just helps a lot. And I just uh, I just appreciate to be back, be able to do everything again, and uh, just. Do everything a little bit for her because she's not able to be here, and uh, it's just tough too. Because I was been her first time that she'd have been able to actually come to and actually remember. I thought about that's what made it a little bit harder. The day was the birthday, my family came today. So just having something to take my mind off of this real good for real benefit for me right now. I'm not gonna put myself in Shaq Barrett's shoes because I, you know, I can't even explain how he's how what he's going through or how he can even like really process this but i do appreciate him being so candid about like using football as an escape for what he's going through and that he kind of needed football in a sense to at least be distracted from his personal tragedy for even a little bit of time and we talk a lot about that like just watching football games is an escape from reality for for people in their everyday life, whether it's watching a movie or watching the NFL and things like that. So um, it's understandable what, what Shaq is saying uh, for sure. While, and the fact that it comes in waves too, is just, um, you know, it's really tough. This, 
second video, he's talking a little bit more about um, his daughter, Araya, her, you know, her smile and her energy and, and, you know, things that he loves about her. She's the best. Like, she's literally the best everything all around. Smile, her personality. Even when she's been naughty, she still was so cute. She know she was smart. She knew exactly what she shouldn't be doing. And then she'll stop doing it and then go back and try to do it. Like, it just, yeah, I could go on and on forever and ever about it. I just, it's just her smile. I miss so much her energy. Like, putting in the bed every night, reading stories. She, she's brought so much, like, brightness and wholeness and completeness to our lives. And we was definitely have a big, 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 big uh, hole in our uh, hearts and our lives that we won't be able to fill. But we still got our other three kids that are still uh, helping us fill the void a little. And then we got another baby on the way that should help a little bit too, but we know it's never going to be the same without her. It's always sad, because she would have been the best big sister as well. Like, just, it's just, it's just, it's bittersweet, it's bittersweet. Because I know she's in a better place, but I 100% prefer her to be here with us selfishly. Yeah, it's just, This next video, he's talking about his, uh, you know, how him and his wife, Jordana, have been leaning on each other both for support, but also, you know, being open about that there's a weakness as well with going through all of this grief and, uh, you know, showing that it's okay to be emotional and upset about these things. And it's okay to talk about their daughter as well because they still want to, you know, honor her and, and, and share the brightness that, that she brought to the world. Yeah, uh, so most definitely we've been able to come together like in time, this tough time for our family. And like, everybody, honestly, everybody came together for us. Like the whole locally, like nationally, like everybody came to be with us in our uh, time of need. And I like appreciate everybody, like everybody, Bucks organization, everybody came through it and stuff that I wasn't even expecting. And uh, we is very appreciative of that. But Jordana, she has been, she's been really strong and we've been able to lean on each other. But we also been been really weak together too. We also been sharing on tough times with each other. We also been crying on each other, talking to each other, having times with the kids, letting everybody know it's okay to, to still talk about her and still show our emotions for her. Like that's the way we need to remember, remember her and just bring uh, bright, her brightness to our lives and try to bring to other people's lives by talking about her. Like my kids, we did a little, did a like canceling to make sure they was expressing every expressing everything they needed to express just in case we was missing something just wanted to make sure we was doing everything possible for them so we like feel like we doing the best we can in the situation i ain't saying we doing <laughs> perfect but we doing i think the best we can is just just being honest open with our emotions with each other with our family and our friends everybody that's supporting us and not like being afraid to be weak from time to time and showing out not even weak just showing emotions because people have a stigma of being weak as uh, showing emotions, and but that's not weak, it's just having like emotions and just being in the moment and just expressing how you feel. So we do do that and we strong together, we cry together, laugh together, like everything we do together. And that's what's uh, helping us stay closer together and come closer together. Yeah, that's amazing, especially knowing that our other baby girl, Rare, more than likely has something to do with it. We know uh there's no replacing the rise nothing ever in this world that can happen to replace our baby girl but it's having another another baby girl which is a super blessed because i wanted another girl really bad would have been heavy either way but having another baby girl baby alana when she comes is a 
first of all, like the whole situation just makes me nervous in general about having another kid because like accidents happen, but Jordan, I can't think like that. Just gotta stay strong, have faith and believe. But uh, once I saw the heartbeat, I started to relax a little bit and uh, the excitement took over, the worry went away. So I'm just uh, excited for my family, excited, just just excited in general to have a, a new addition come to our family in February. Yeah, for those that may not have known, um, Shaq, Shaq's wife, Jordana, is pregnant with a uh, with a baby girl. So they will be having another daughter. So there is a little light um, in that sense. And then last but certainly not least, Shaq talking about uh, this new foundation that his family is going to be starting uh, in honor of their daughter. Uh, I was always, I was never ever going to go, like, put one of my kids in one of them little, uh, like, early swimming class and just throw them in and let them, like, figure it out. But I recommend people do that. We just uh, started a foundation for my and my daughter's name, Maria Hope. We're going to be paying for swim lessons and we're going to be installing, like, the little, we got an AI camera in our house now. Yeah. So if a little child goes around the pool, a lawn goes up now. We got all the gate. We always had gates up, but we just left it open that night. But uh, we got gate more gates up, and so we want to just just help out as much as possible, like swim lessons for the families, install AI cameras for the families, because it is like like back when I was young, I read a story about it happening because I saw it happen to somebody like when I was younger, and I was like an NFL player too, and I'm like, I ain't how that happened, but it just like a freak accident, and like it's happened from time to time. But now we got all the precautions in a way. To prevent it from happening, and that's why uh, the Ray of Hope uh, Inc. is going to be uh, beneficial for a lot of families. I hope. So we want to start off in Tampa, and then uh, probably maybe in Colorado, get it going in Colorado as well. But uh, as big as we can make it, we're going to make it as big as that. But we're going to start locally first. Powerful, powerful yeah. things from uh, Shaq Barrett. I, I, I just want to. I just want to address something here in the chat. I mean, I, I, I'm seeing I wanted Jen, to as well. Yeah, Jenna Lane yeah. and, and Rick Stroud getting, you know, blasted by you fans for uh, asking questions. I mean, it's a reporter's job to ask questions. And, and um, you know, sometimes we have to ask questions that we don't want to ask, yeah. uh, whether it's football related, whether it's job security related, or whether it's something way more serious and important, such as as these questions to Shaq. At the same time, you have to understand, the videos we're playing are Shaq's answers to those questions. And and uh, and I just want to be very clear about this. Jenna Lane thoughtfully asked Nelson Luis, who was the Bucks communications uh, director, um, what the boundaries are. What does he feel comfortable talking about? And Nelson said to Jenna and to the re reporters, Anything and everything. He wants to talk, okay? And Shaq did not talk at all during OTAs, the right. minicamp, et cetera. And he's had time to process and think about what he said. And, and if you listen to Shaq's answers, he's talking about his daughter, right? Yeah. He's, he's keeping her memory alive by talking about her. And I, th I think there's some, some therapeutic benefits yeah. for Shaq in talking about this. As part of the grieving process is discussing it. And so I just want y'all to think about that too. Um, say, you know, say we, you can have your opinions about Matt and I and Peter Report and, and the Times and ESPN and Jenna and, and you know, Greg Om and Eric Strat. Th that's fine. But you have to understand the context of this was uh, they were not being insensitive. They asked what the ground rules were. Correct. They, want, they wanted to know what was, what was on limits and what was off limits. And Nelson specifically said anything is on yeah lists. he wants to talk about this absolutely scott i would say um everything was done in a very professional manner we've known since yesterday that we were going to be speaking to shaq barrett yeah. today so obviously shaq knew what uh you know what was going to be asked to him and as you said he wanted to speak and because yeah. he got to talk about his daughter and because he gets to talk about this foundation for Araya hope and then helping all these families and just getting the message out is going to help a lot of people even yeah. right now. Maybe they put a gate around their pool if they didn't have one. Maybe they go out and get that artificial intelligence with the camera uh, yeah. if, they, if they were already on the if they were already thinking about it one way or another. So, yeah, Shaq didn't have to do this. He agreed to do right. this and, and kind of knew what was going on and want to spread the word. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to kind of harp on 
some of the people that were asking Shaq those specific questions because, yeah, um, you know, he, he did want at, to address it. At the same time, Peter, people, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. We're just yeah. stating ours. And if you, yeah, if you didn't think it was appropriate, that you're entitled to your opinion. We're not going to sit there and yeah. say you're wrong. It just, we just wanted to give you the full context of it. And, um, you know, I, I, I know Rick Stroud. We, we know Rick Stroud. We know Jenna Lane. They're good people. They're, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing their job. And sometimes, Sometimes we, we all ask questions that are a little overkill. I've been guilty of that myself. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to sit there and say this was one of those opportunities because, again, the videos that we just played were Shaq voluntarily answering these questions with some very heartfelt answers. Uh, if there was a question he didn't like, you know, uh, I, I remember when I got Keyshawn Johnson's phone number, like way back when, when he was, you know, joining with the Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, sometimes we text the players and talk to them off the record, et cetera. And I remember what Keyshawn said. He said, I'm going to give you my number, but I don't have to take your call, right? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. We can ask questions. Nobody's under any obligation to answer any of our questions. And so the fact that Shaq did and was so open about it, just keep that in mind when, you know, you're, you know, maybe nitpicking or, or picking on yeah. some of the, the reporters. Yeah. And um, we do appreciate the the super chat nonetheless. Yeah, thank if, you. if you want to voice your opinion, I got a question for you, Scott. Changing yeah. subjects here a little bit. Yeah. What is the best flavor of Celsius? I don't know if there is an answer oh to that because there are so many that are fantastic. Yeah. Of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, the official energy drink of the podcast as well. Check out their newest flavor, the Cosmic Vibe. It's a sparkling fruit punch. But they have so many awesome flavors from the sparkling lemon lime to the sparkling orange. I was having grapefruit on the show recently. Uh, cucumber lime as well. And can't yep. go wrong with the Arctic vibe. My personal favorite. There is no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. Just absolutely delicious flavor. So if you want to know where to find one, ooh, tropic vibe, tropical vibe, excuse me, and the peach vibe as well. Yep. Man, Had an Arctic vibe the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it will let you know where you can find one at the closest geographical location at your local Walmart, Target, your convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. During uh, roll calls at New York City, like the bodega capital of the world or something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And then uh, once you keep going to your bodega to get those Celsius energy drink cans and you want more buy them in bulk on amazon by doing the subscribe and save get that variety pack as varieties of spice life and there's so many awesome flavors of celsius as i've already talked about and you can have it set up at your leisure whenever you want it want it to go to your residence you be weekly monthly quarterly yearly just make sure you're drinking celsius energy drink make celsius your number one pick celsius the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Yep. Uh, we have a, a question here from Darius, uh, probably geared towards you, Matt. Have you guys ever been to a, a bodega? Yes, I have uh, a number of times going to New York City. Yeah. Now it's usually to, you know, when I'm visiting friends and stuff, they live in like the Queens area more. You see it mm -hmm. in the city, Manhattan, the, the five boroughs and everything like yeah. that. But yes, I've been to a bodega. I've never been to a bodega, but I love saying the name. It's it's cool. a fun name. I mean, it's like yeah. a, it's a different name for like yeah. a little market or like a little corner store. Right. It's not. It's like yeah, yeah, Diaby. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a cool name to say. Diaby. So, uh, uh, super chat as well. Let's get to the super chat from Bucks Basement. Thank yep. you very much, Bucks Thank Basement. You. They say, to be honest, I don't buy this quarterback competition. The NFL is ultimately a business. Bucks want to get a quarterback that can generate buzz. And segments on ESPN, that's Baker. I don't know about that. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Todd Bowles does that, not give a crap about ESPN. That's what I was going to buzz. say. That's what I said this morning when yeah. I was on WDAE. I said, Todd Bowles, he just wants to win. He doesn't he wants to care win. if you run it 45 times. Yeah. He doesn't care if you throw it 65 times. Now, he would like to run it more than right. he passes it. But at the end of the day, if there's a win when it says Buccaneers versus yep. opponent and the Bucks are the winner – that's all that matters to Todd Bowles. I mean, go and watch the last three or four press conferences of this year's training camp right. with Todd Bowles. He's very, in terms of his responses, he's short, yep. not much to it. 
oh, he's a good player. This player's a heady player. Yeah, eh, they're in shorts and T-shirts. I don't really care. Oh, today's only the first day of pads. How can I right. possibly make an assumption on any player yeah. at any position? Todd Bowles just wants to win, and he really needs to win because yes. if he doesn't, he might be no longer the Bucks uh, head coach this year. Right. So now, Bucks basement, I, I, you're not entirely wrong with your question or your premise. The Glaziers, they do love the buzz. They love being a popular franchise because that trickles down to uh, merchandise sales. That trickles down to uh, season ticket sales, You know, buzz about the team, all of that stuff, popularity. So the Glaziers really care about that stuff. They care about wins, too, because wins ultimately is what gets you on the national scene and and get you all the hype. But Todd Bowles, uh, when you drop it down to the head coach level, now he just wants to win. And, and Matt, I, I think, too, when you're looking at Todd Bowles going into week one at Minnesota, sold out opening day crowd, you know, skull, you know, the, the place going nuts. I think Kyle Trask is really going to have to beat out Baker Mayfield head and shoulders in the preseason to make Todd Bowles feel comfortable about saying, I want to start a season in which I might be on the hot seat with Kyle Trask at mm. quarterback in that environment. Otherwise, I think he's going to go with the veteran, the guy who's been there and done that, who's you know been in 69, 70-some games who's won a playoff game and that's baker mayfield if it's close i think baker gets the nod but if baker continues to throw picks yeah <laughs> uh they, they get you beat right turnovers yeah. for number one rule in football don't beat yourself right so at the same time todd bowles and dave canales they're going to take a heady approach to it and say uh let, let's say baker throws three interceptions in the preseason kyle throws none they both move the ball they both put points on the board in that instance, I think maybe you say, wow, Kyle's feeling it. Let's give this guy, you know, a shot. Uh, otherwise, if it's close, I think he's going to go with with the, the trusted hand. It doesn't mean the Baker's going to be the 17-game starter. But looking at week one in that environment, on the road, scold, you know, yeah, loud, I, noisy indoor stadium. I think at the end of the day, the preseason games are probably going to be the highest, the heaviest weighted grade of who's going to be yeah. the starting quarterback who plays well the most in that and yeah. i totally agree with with your points <laughs> about baker and, and like yeah <laughs> good comment Chris. no no hold on, hold on hold that thought real quick matt because yeah. it's going to be a good one i know but i'm just saying at the same time kyle kyle trask has a shot because todd bowles is not afraid to play young unproven players yeah Right, he's he's done that with with his secondary, Anton yeah, Winfield. Just safeties, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying it's. I know the quarterback is much more involved position, but um, I think that's maybe what makes Todd Bowles a little different. Is he's not afraid to play young yeah. guys. If Kyle's the better guy, he's going to go with him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he's he, he just wants everyone to understand the game and have the the mental sharpness to play and then he's fine with them going in so yeah he he's worked with a whole room of of young defensive backs in their rookie year for their second year third year whatever it is but to get back to baker and kyle trask real quick i completely understand your point and i don't disagree either about baker just having way more experience to go into that environment in yeah. minnesota but is there any part that we can look into and I understand we're we're talking about college versus the NFL. Yeah. Like Kyle Trask played in the SEC. That's he right. played against some big time teams on the road. Yeah. And especially that SEC championship game against Alabama, which was a neutral site, but of course you're gonna right. have a ton of crazy, wild Alabama yeah. fans watching the tide. Is there anything we can take from that and be like, oh, Kyle Trask might do better in in a big moment like that than we kind of think? That's a great point, Matt. I re really haven't uh, doubted into that, but uh, there's a lot of logic to that. It's it's not like Kyle Trask, you know, was playing at Central Michigan or right. Eastern Washington or you know or or a school that like that. He's played, you know, in the swamp. He has played, uh, you know, at Alabama. He he's had some big game environments with with loud, raucous crowds. So yeah, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe like I said, if if. if it, it's ultimately going to be, and, and I appreciate the question here from Greece, uh, from from uh, Christos. Uh, do you think it will be Canales' decision or Bowles who have the final say? It'll be Todd Bowles. It's his team. But yeah. I think he and Canales are going to come to the same conclusion, whatever that conclusion is. And we have a long way to go. Like you said, Matt, preseason is ultimately going to determine this. And, folks, if, if you're if you're looking for, you know, what's the determining factor 
to hiring um, or you know finding a real estate agent, well, look no further than the Eric Gross Group. Uh, Eric Gross and his wife, uh, Katie, they're fantastic real estate agents, but they're more than that. These are people that will help you find your home, right? There's, it's one thing to have a house. It's another thing to have a home. And that means finding the right neighborhood, finding the right community where you fit in. And it takes a full team effort to win a football game. And it's the same way in real estate. It takes a full team effort. And that's what the Eric Gross Group brings to the table. They've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. They've got experience in all types of situations. So whether you're moving to Florida and looking to buy a home or you're looking to move within Florida, and sell your home and buy a new home, or maybe you're moving out of state and you need to sell your home. The Eric Gross Group has you covered. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and podcast watcher. He has roots in the Tampa Bay area. His father was stationed at McDill. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service to set them apart with their strong team of vendors and over 85,000 agents in their network. The Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Wouldn't you want to buy or sell your house with another pewter people guy out there that you can you know, talk a little Bucks football with and get to know? Well, that Eric's your guy. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com. It's a great website. Or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, go to housesinfla.com, and you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. Scott, as we uh, start to wind down the show a little bit, this player, we mentioned him before, uh, especially because the cadence in, way in which you say his name. But I don't think we're giving Yaya Diaby enough credit yeah. for, one, the type of interception that he made today. Yeah. And two, he also had a, uh, and I'll put in quotations, a would-be sack on yes. Kyle Trask today. Just showing off his speed on the uh, out on the edge, getting after Kyle Trask in 11 on 11. So yeah. It feels like... Wow, I didn't. I didn't there even you go. see that super chat. But thank you. I, I, I swear to God, I yeah. didn't even see that super chat from yep. Meets McGee. Thank you so much for the super chat, and I'm glad I'm talking about Yaya Diaby right now. Yeah, showing that speed off of the edge, and it feels like every single day, a a rookie from this year's draft class just pops up and makes uh, and makes a big play. We obviously talked about Kalijah Kansi before he got hurt, Servasier Dennis, Trey Palmer a little bit, but Yaya Diaby is throwing his hand into the mix as well this interception it wasn't like the ball was in the air for a very long time and it just right. fell into his lap and he caught it no 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 yaya diaby went full extension like superman yeah arms out gets under the ball right before it hits the ground yeah. if it went to if it went to you know camera replay who knows if it would have stayed but for him <laughs> to at least make the effort go all out in a training camp practice in the middle of the heat in Tampa, Florida, it was. It just shows that his athleticism, the excitement that he has, and the just the the overall skill set that he has that can help the Bucks succeed in getting after the pass rusher in a non-blitzing type of way this year. Uh, Anthony yeah, Nelson right. was very complimentary about how he understands the playbook. He said that about Jose Ramirez as well. And he's, yeah. he just, he talked a lot about his crazy athleticism, which was put on display with this diving interception on the, uh, the tip pass that Baker made. It was. I, I talked to Yaya coming off the field today. asked him about that. He's like, Hey, that was my tight end roots, man. <laughs> making, this, <laughs> making those types of plays back in high school. So yeah, big man too. Six, three, 263 pounds, uh, very agile incredible speed off the, the snap and just long speed too. He's a sideline to sideline guy and just the speed to power too. That's the one thing Jason Light really liked about him at Louisville would really jumped off the tape was the speed to power. And we saw that a couple times. He drove Luke Gedeke, who's actually looked really good at right tackle. I'm not trying yeah. to slander Luke Gedeke, uh, Adam Slavon, we call him Sly, you know, would not have any, any Gedeke slander on, on the, the podcast, but, uh, we got to call it like we see it. Yaya Diaby drove Gedeke back uh, into the pocket a couple times. Incredibly strong guy. Probably the strongest edge rusher 
that the Buccaneers have in terms of just pure power and strength. And it's just an explosive guy. He's going to be getting a lot of playing time today. And I think he is really going to be pushing Joe Tryon, Shoinka for some reps. Uh, we've seen Yaya get a lot of snaps on the left side. That's where JTS is lining up. Shaq is mostly on the right side. Anthony Nelson is, has been the guy there behind him. But Matt, Yaya Diaby uh, really is coming on strong in pads. We've been waiting for this because this is really the first chance we get to see that power, and it was on display yeah. today. And Joe Tryon Shoenka in one-on-one pass rush uh, against the offensive lineman had a wicked spin move on Luke Gedeke, inside spin move. It was something I haven't seen from him before. It's a new tool in his tool belt. And uh, it, this is going to be a nice little one-two punch between JTS and Yaya Diaby here. I think Yaya breathing down JTS's neck. It's either going to push him to greatness or push him to the bench. A uh, fun little competition. A, a separate storyline for uh, yeah. for Buccaneers training camp, which is fun. And if one of those guys succeed, that means they're getting to the quarterback even more, which means the Bucks are not allowing points, at least by the defense. That means you might want to bet the under in some of the Bucks games this right. year, unless the Bucks offense just completely um, explodes. And of course, if you want to bet on the Bucks this season or any NFL game or really any sport, go over to mybookie.ag and start betting on it over there. Of course, they also have their online casino, which is new and improved, and it's here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and secure that sweet bonus. And that's not all, because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino, and you can get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus by using that promo code PEWTER. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So start betting at MyBookie.ag with the promo code PEWTER. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Yep. So here's what I want. You pewter people are awesome. We love you guys. I highly recommend my bookie to partner up with us again, fifth year in a row for a reason, because they're, they're the best out there. Great app, easy to place your bets. I want, I want to hear five new signups. So uh, I, I want you guys to, to take advantage of that offer. Use the promo code pewter, go to mybookie.ag, and our next show, which will be Wednesday at four o'clock because there's a night practice tomorrow night. It's from seven to nine. We're not going to do, uh, something, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So yeah. we're, we're going to do uh, our next podcast Wednesday at four o'clock. And I would love to see five of you go to my bookie and make that deposit, get that, that bonus and get ready for football season. It's so much fun betting on my bookie. I would recommend bucks over six and a half or oh, yeah. the over on receiving yards for Mike Evans, but your choice. It's your, Speaking of Mike your Evans. Book. Speaking of Mike Evans, who's on uh, the logo of our Bucks coverage, please follow us on our social media on uh, Twitter, now known as X. Uh, it's going to take a little bit to, uh, <laughs> to keep calling it that. <laughs> uh, but Instagram, Threads, and Facebook, we are all at Pewter Report. And then on our YouTube channel, we are Pewter Report TV. We're always putting out content, and we have some videos from today's practice that are up. Uh, we obviously have the podcast four times a week, a lot of um, – press conference clips as well, and just many other things on our YouTube channel. So please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter yeah. Report TV. We are uh, now over 11,100. Working on 11,200. We'll be at 12,000 before you know it. Thanks to you, Pewter people. Yes. You guys are awesome. We Thank owe you, you so guys much. so much. We really yeah. appreciate it. Again, we love anytime we see you guys uh, at training camp or really just out in public in general. Yeah. So we appreciate the support. We love you guys so much. A scheduling note again, one more time. No podcast tomorrow. Right. There is training camp practice. We'll have the Bucks yeah. camp report and everything, but it is at nighttime. So it will is be it later on. Yeah. PeterReport.com for that. Then we will have a show on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, all at yeah. 4 p.m., all recapping those training camp practices. So still a lot more. Five shows this week, which is always awesome because it's more Bucks football That's that right. we get to talk about. But until tomorrow, until, oh, see, I even did it right there. Until Wednesday, that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you Wednesday at 4 p.m.
for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Yeah, yeah, Diaby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>